Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast sponsored by Dante Zampetti, loan officer with Movement Mortgage, specializing in helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has questions on the VA home loan benefits? Dante may be able to help. In fact, he can. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, NMLS number 1452256, Movement Mortgage Sports, Equal Housing Opportunity, NMLS ID 39179, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Org. Okay, folks, today's episode, me and Ben back. Been a minute. I am way behind in uploading. Yes, way behind. I'm two episodes behind. Life-changing events. Yes. We're working through it. So Trent had a child. Number two. So Congrats on the sex. Thank you. But we'll get into it. We're going to catch up on what's going on in real estate, the current situation, um, and any tidbits we can provide. Oh my god! I just said tidbits on the intro, and tidbits, tidbits. Like I'm a, like a you, 55 year old mom talking to a kid. Ever had a, you have you ever had a Timbit? A what? Timbit. All the little donut hole things from Tim Hortons. Yeah, they just did a good job advertising that because those have been around forever. Little donut balls. Yeah. That's all they are. They've been around forever. Well, what? Don't, don't, but I'm excited to be back on this thing. Duncan has. It. Duncan has. I am having fun. Well, we been a delay. I haven't had time to upload the other two episodes because I go back, listen to them, rename them, and figure out. You listen to them? Yeah, I have to because I got to figure out, whoops, I have to figure out like, you know, what we're going to title it, the main talking points because we just kind of go up the flow. Very rarely do we say we're going to talk about this in this specific order, which could help, could yeah. change, whatever. But um, I have to go back and listen to them and I just haven't. And it's an excuse, but I'm just like, oh man, I got to do that. Listen yeah. to them, name them, title them, upload them, get it going. So we're way behind on that. Well, are you, I mean, or get back into w- it. without further ado, I uh, look forward to introducing today's guest. Um, you guys know him from sell it like Sirhant, a uh, million dollar listing, New York, Ryan Sirhant. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. Uh, super excited to be here. Um, I've obviously been watching your guys's uh, podcast and just really wanted to reach out um, and and be a guest on the show. Hey, thanks. Ryan. Everyone has now unsubscribed from the ten <laughs> subscribers. I'm just like, yep, this is where they're at right now. Yep, this is like a late night PBS show. We have where people can do whatever guest. they want. Oh man, I would have crushed one of those. Ben, put your phone away. Yes, for this yes. forty five minutes an hour, put your phone away. Phone is down. You sound like my wife. I sound like probably everyone you know. Yes. But um, but yeah, we had a kid, so that was busy. Everything went well. She's doing healthy. Uh, some changes in the business we're looking at doing. Won't announce it right now. Break as every agent says when they change a brokerage, which I'm not doing. Breaking news. Okay, guys. Okay, fam. I have a huge update. Huge, huge update coming <laughs> Breaking soon. Breaking news. Uh, been in the lab late nights, grinding, working hard. I'll let you guys know, but super excited. And you're like, okay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Big drop coming two weeks. I went to another brokerage. Wow. That's so cool, Candace. Yeah. Uh, Karen. No one gives a shit. If you haven't learned in real estate, your te- your consumer, does for the most part, care. does not care. You, as an agent, should care. You should care who you're with. Um, but, but your, your bro- clients? Your broker. clients don't care. I've never ran into one person that says, no, I only work with Coldwell Banker or a local brokerage. I only work with those people. Now I have heard people say, oh, I really like that person i was like do you like the brokerage or do you like the person because those are two different things totally different things the brokerage doesn't do anything for you it's all the what all the agent offers yes now yes so let's, let's talk about this we're, we're sort of there but i'm gonna go off in a different area we had this conversation a little earlier with an agent in the office but essentially what we talked about was not only people reading this wrong we touched it on it before but when a buyer and the seller in the contract, along with the selling agent and buyer's agent, we're all supposed to work together. And I have, I've ran into, I had one deal. I had to write, folks, I had to write 11 offers for one piece of land. And this agent on the other end did everything he could not to work with us and get and get our offer accepted. And my personal thought is, he's just trying to double, one, he's an idiot. He does not know how land contracts and construction loans work. So he does not understand the order process. And two, I think he's just trying to double dip it and didn't want to sell it. And he's just being a huge dick. 
It's just straight up all it was. I've never been so mad in my life. Now, on the other hand, I had an agent working deal with me. We're supposed to close last week. His lender still asking for W-2s. His buyer and the agent I'm talk, working with, they didn't know how to get an old LES uh, leave and earnings statement from the military after he's been out. So I told him, walked him through, sent him a link for it to get all done. Why? Wasn't mad? No, because what does that do, right? What does it do if I berate the guy? What does it do if I just yell? I'm like, this is ridiculous. That agent knows that. Well, that He's agent, trying to get it done. That agent doesn't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, he feels crappy. He's already said like, man, I apologize. I can't believe this. Like, I have a hard time getting a hold of the lender. I was like, I get it, man, whatever. I was like, how did you come about this? He's like, well, as a friend of mine, he got the loan through these other people. So it wasn't a, it wasn't like a furrow lead. It was his client, but different lender. Um, he's worked with them before, but just different loan officer inside of that large veterans, whatever loan people. But I was like, I could have been an asshole to this guy, but it would accomplish nothing. Yes. Whereas the other guy was an asshole to me, just trying to get a deal done. I'm trying to sell his land. Because what people understand is the buying agent and the buyer are the ones pretty much selling the land. They're the ones buying it. Like you sell it. Like it says a listing side and the sale side. Yes. In the contract. It doesn't say buyer seller because no. you're actually selling the land. But anyways, so there's just two forms you can go about it. And I think we both ran into people where you work together as a team to get a deal done when it's hard and tough or someone does everything they can to make the deal fall apart on purpose. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, but like it's this, right? And and I'll I'll paint a picture of a situation that I just had, right? I have a client who was digging their feet in at two sixty. I have an, the buyer was digging their feet in at two fifty five. Mm-hmm. We're five thousand dollars off. Like we, if we work together, we can get this figured out, right? But you know, the text of well, best of luck selling the home or best of luck finding a new house. Oh no. Did you get that? Well, I sent it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were that agent. I was that agent. Now, Why? I, well, we're having self-reflecting. I don't know. I mean, it was like I could have gotten that deal together. Ben. I could have. You could have. I know. Um, but the I think, like you said, we've touched on it before that in the transaction, all people have one goal, right? Get buyers, the deal done. Get the deal done. That's it. Yeah. That, that is it. The buyers want to buy the house because they've made a commitment. The sellers want to sell the house because they've made a commitment. Right. You, as the agents, are the facilitator of what the buyer and the seller want. Yes. And that is to get that deal together. So don't sit there and have a pissing contest over it. It's all ego-driven. It is. It is. I'm going to get the, the best deal for my client. Well, maybe the best deal is the house. I love when agents are like, well, I can't comp this out. So I've been in a situation where I was asking the lady, I was covering down for an agent in our office, Matt, his buyers want to buy this. He's like, it's just overpriced in Brookville. It was, or, uh, gosh darn it, not Brookville, Bellbrook. Bellbrook. It was almost $200 a square foot. I'm like, no effing way. So I was looking around. I couldn't really find them. So I reached out. This is why I did. I reached out. I was like, hey, buyers like the house. I'm just having a hard time coming up with comps. Yep. Can you send me what you got? And she's like, yeah. I was like, well, crap. She's got them. I told the buyers like, I know you're not comfortable going up to like $200 a square foot because it's a thousand foot ranch with yeah. a basement. But I was like, these are comps she's working with. And sure enough, man, she got under contract in like three days because mm-hmm. that buyer wasn't, and that's good for that buyer. They didn't want to go that high, but because you know, I could have been like, this is ridiculous. Here's our offer. That's 20,000 under. I think the best thing you can do as the agent in this market is tell them, you know what? I don't know right now if you can get that, if it's worth that, but somebody's right. going to pay for it. And if Someone you want it, offering. yeah. And if yeah. you want it, you're going to have to pay for it. That's just the market. If it doesn't appraise, then you take the appraisal price. Then you take the appraisal price. Yeah. But or you don't get the house. And if you don't get the house, all right, that's totally fine. But at least you tried. I, I think that uh, I I don't know. It's just it's a tough spot to be where you don't make the decision for your clients. You're you help. Us, you're an advisor. You help yeah. facilitate it. I don't think this is a good investment. Well, they do. And they don't care. That's fine. You can tell them like, hey, this is my, it's just like a doctor or anyone else. Like, I'm going to urge you not to do this, but if you're going to do it, this is the best way to go about it. I told Connor. I, I understand said, the people. I told, uh, I told Connor a new agent. He was, he has a client who wants to write, wanted to write a very low offer on a property that had been on the market not very long. Okay. And I told him, I said, here's what you do. You talk to the buyer and explain to him why you think that that might not be the best decision for him. And educate him. Right. But at the end of the day, if he wants to write the offer, you, ha- to write it. you write that offer and you go to that agent with some type of explanation as to <laughs> why you wrote that offer. I mean, that's your job. They they hired you to be their advocate. You told them what you think it's worth. 
Right. They want you to write a low offer. Either you don't work with that client anymore or you make the best damn pitch for that offer. Yeah, you can make a good pitch. You don't chastise the uh, you don't chastise the home. You don't chastise the listing agent. You just say, "This is what my client wants. This is what my clients want to offer. I understand it's below asking. Just let me know what your sellers think." More likely, the agents can be like, "Listen, man, it's been up there for a couple of days. They're not going to take this." And just be like, "You kind of pass along. Be like, listen, I understand. Just I understand, but I'm doing what my clients have asked. Yes. If your clients don't want to counter, I totally get that. But we would encourage a counter. Counter." Yes. Uh, you, that's where you're like, listen, just give me a counter and I'll, I'll see what I can do. Because yeah. every agent, you can kind of like relay like, hey. It's it's hey. anchoring the negotiating tool. It's yeah. anchoring, but you don't really have the market to anchor. There's no, there's no negotiating. Yeah, you can't really throw out an anchor offer and see right. how low they go because they're just going to be like, uh, we'll hold it. I said it before. I've had houses sit on the market 120 days and I still pretty much, <laughs> my sellers hold strong and they still get list price. Oh my gosh. It's, it's the truth though. I mean, yes, I have some to do with it, but at the end of the day, it's what a seller's want to move down to and how important it is. And yep, how much is the house worth? the The house is the the sale price is what the sellers want to sell for, and the buyers want to pay for it. And what the banks want to approve, and banks want to approve. That's all that matters, right? Uh, Don, our broker, had a really good point to me. He said, "Comps, uh, if we only went off of comps, we would never factor in appreciation. There would be no appreciation. There would be no appreciation. Every house would still be selling for fifty thousand dollars, like they did back exactly. in nineteen seventy. <laughs> so comps are good for where the market has been, but it's where the period and date when the last comp you have is like kind of what was going on in that market. Yeah, and even then, like I got a house under contract, they listed at one eighty five. He, we put an offer at two twelve five. It appraised yeah. for two fourteen, which it'll, it's probably worth more than that. Cause you know how appraisals are when you buy a house; they barely go just above what you're purchasing it for. Mm-hmm. It's probably two twenty. But imagine if it sold at one eighty five. That listing agent, that seller, and they took that offer, could have tanked that whole neighborhood by twenty thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars actually. So it's like, again, why it's good to have a good agent because you want to push the value because it helps the neighborhood out. If you start getting people lowballing, because that's where you're like chasing the market down. Yep. If houses start depreciating, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to beat him by 10 grand. I'm going to beat them five by 10 grand. Next thing you know, you're down 30, 40,000 and a lot of people are losing equity like that. Yeah. We could be going that way, but I don't think so anytime soon. No, I don't, I don't think because of low yet. interest rate, buyer demand, limited houses, that stuff's not going to change in a flip of a hat. Even with this pandemic stuff, if they do go quote unquote foreclosures, the new, the new stimulus bill is going to say you can't evict people for 12 months. An additional twelve months because we're through December right now. Yeah, twelve months for the last the two point two trillion. Uh, the Democrats want no evictions for twelve months. I'm like, you can't do that. Oh my god! What are people like? I got rental properties. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, like I'm supposed why to pay would, if I was more, a renter. A why the hell would I pay my rent? Because they can come back and yeah, you're right. Now I think it's all state dependent, and right now you can still technically not get evicted, but you have to say. You have to correlate A plus B equals C with yes. the COVID. Like I literally lost my job and cannot make payments because of COVID. Yeah. It can't be like, well, I quit my job or I just decided yeah. not to go back to work. It has to be like, I got laid off because of COVID. Like all these airline employees are. And but. I know they are still allowed to evict you for like, if you're if the, co- the lease says no dogs and you have a dog, they can evict you. Yeah, um, it can't be a, like a financial thing though. Like, yeah, but that's a whole nother story. Prop Brian Sirhan is new. His new venture. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I get why he did it. I do too. So Ryan Serhan started his own. It's called Serhant. Period. His always a period at the end. His business model was incredible. Well, here's the thing: that only works in major cities. Well, no, not not the not the brokerage model. His what? business model was he, and I don't think it ever started this way. But if you look at it, it was essentially build a following, right? Build people who trust his training. Yep. Create a brokerage. So he had a loyal following of real estate agents. Right. Then he went off and did his training thing. And then agents signed up for his training thing. Then he went and started his own brokerage. Now he's got loyal followers and people who follow his training that he he probably has 500 agents already signing up. Okay, so... That's what I'm saying that his... Mo- I, could, I could have been... I could be wrong. And I'll just stop you there because I don't think it is necessarily his model. I think he just went where the opportunity to growth is happening. He's like, okay... Yes. I started in real estate. I got somewhat good. He wasn't even that good when he was on Bravo. He wasn't that big of an agent. Got on Bravo. Yeah. And then worked Bravo. Had a good personality, right? Yeah. If I got it right. I haven't seen a lot of his shows. And then started doing YouTube. Yep. Got that going really big. And then did his course because we talked about similar stuff like that. Like, dude, sell an online course. Yeah. 
he got the following, like you said. And then now he's like, okay, I'm doing all this other stuff. So just do your own brokerage. I don't think it probably started off that way. Maybe it has. New York's different because everyone's a broker technically. Anyone can start a brokerage. Following the opportunity makes sense. I don't yes. think he. I don't think when he was on Bravo, he was like, I'm gonna oh, be a broker. Here's what, what I'm, here's what I'm gonna do. My next yeah. ten years are gonna be mapped out down to starting a team and starting a. I don't think it got to he that just point. Went classic go with the flow. Yeah, which is great. And then jumped out and found the opportunity. See, that's where I struggle with like these ten year plans and like five year plans. It's like I don't see that. Like, you don't? I can. I, I can see I can see the end, but it's tough for me. Like I, I just you need bought the mini steps. I just bought a book called Your Next Five Moves. <sighs> Have you read that? No, but you just need to pick one book, read it, apply it. I read everything. Go. Do you apply it? Uh, depends on the thing. So give yeah. me a book that I've I've applied. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, so like finish, we I use like every day uh, okay. the MREA. I take like little principles from it. Like oh, yeah. that, should, that should be your base principle, like the economic model and everything like that. The stuff uh, you don't follow. <laughs> I follow the economic model. Just kidding. The economic model is not I, your, I know. your spending. That's just like breaking economic. it down. Lead, yeah, lead um, to conversion ratios. Fuck, I forgot the four models. Economic lead. Um, I always forget the the personnel one. I don't know. Oh, this is bad. Yes, this is really bad. Anyways, so go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I, I apply books. Uh, I apply the things I learned, but there's a lot of books that are just like fluff, like Atomic Habits. I told, I thought it was just total fluff, like just a bunch of filler. Yeah, just like facts about habits, and it's all about like the habit loop, and it's like I get like a trigger for reward and then like, yeah. okay, great. Like that's, that, how, that's how I felt about profit first is like, yeah. it could have been a 10 page manual. Yes. And just left it as a booklet or pamphlet. It turned into a 200 page book about all these stories, about all these people who used it, which I don't mind a story or two no. per section to say how it influenced, but it was just all about him and doing this. I was like, you okay, ever read how not to die? Do it. No, don't waste your time. Go vegan. That's what the book <laughs> says. I, I started How Not to Die. Clever that you went on your vegan, your vegan for route. five days. Yeah, um, I read what maybe four hundred pages of How Not to Die, like tiny font. I mean, this book took me like three weeks to read. Maybe even I, it took me a long time to read. And I mean, the premise is just like me. You bad. came back like, oh, I, I, that's gross. Have you read this? Have you heard this? I'm like a little bit, but I don't remember any of the facts. Yeah. I don't remember any of them. It's probably really not many facts. Vegan greater than meat. Meat. That is what I got from the book. And I will call bullshit. And there are like 10 other books that say meat greater than vegan. I mean, it's just, it's. There's none one greater than the other. They all have simplistic. It, the balance. world is divided. My, one thing In every says, aspect of every possible. Taylor man. and I were talking. We give Logan a bath every night because it sets her for her routine to go to sleep. Yeah. Some books say you cannot do that. I know. Some books say give your kid a bath every night, set the routine. And it's like someone like go dry their skin out. Yeah, it'll dry their skin out. And it's like, okay, but like when we give her a bath, she sleeps seven hours. So give her a bath. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give her the bath. Like if she gets dry, I'll give her lotion. But like right. every, every you can you can spin numbers and like it's oh. it's just like politics. Like you believe one thing about one thing and one Dude, thing about the other thing. It's like research paper. I tell anyone like after going to college, the only really good thing I learned from college was that the research side of psychology, you can make any research study come out the way you want. Yep. There's almost no no implication. Like you can make the numbers sound good. Like yep. when they're like, you even hear on news, like 12% of people are dying because of this. That means 88% of people aren't dying. <laughs> like you get the other way, like, hey, 80, 88% of people aren't having issues with this. So you're like, okay. I would take eight. I look at everything like yeah. a grade on a test. I would take an 88. Hell, I'll take a 75. If yeah. you get down to 50 or 40%, like 60% of people are dying. Yes. Then I'm a concern. As simple as the glass <laughs> half full, glass half empty. Yeah. I mean, you can just flip the script however you want. You, I love the, uh, I love every, every month, every brokerage in the area, including ours oh. comes out with uh, we're the number we're one, the number one, one brokerage. brokerage. And it's like, but how they could pull number one, Mount deals done in Centerville. They did the most. We're the number one brokerage. Yeah. But they never say like in the zip code. Yeah. It's always we are the number one brokerage. And yes. they're not lying. It depends on how they pulled are, it. The stats are favoring them. Well, yeah. However you pulled the stats. I mean, that's, and that's, it's. The only way you can get like it ambiguous is like real trends or something like that. That just says volume units. Here you go. Here it is. That's it. Here it is. Team. It does it. Group, yeah. But whatever. nobody, nobody. I mean, there may be a couple agents here that are on real trends. There's a handful around this area for sure. I think there's two. 
And I think they're <laughs> units because volume, we can't touch anybody in volume. No, because the units would decide volume and we'd have to triple our some average sale price. I think that I think we're probably I think we probably have somebody in like the top 200, maybe two or three agents in the top 200 and units. And that's it. Maybe. Yeah. Real trends is tough to touch. Yes. I mean, you're not if you're not Cali or New York or maybe Miami, then you're yeah. having a very you're only going to get on there in units. I love looking at like the people who are in a small like Midwest places that make it. Yes. Because those are people we talked about. Like Those are business those are real owners. People. Those, those, are, are real people. those are real business owners. This is not a... I did 100 million real estate. I sold 10 to million dollar houses, which I'm sure they're hard to sell. But if you're in like California on the coast, probably not that hard to sell. When we... Oh, I, I don't want to throw... Right. I don't want to throw shade. But when we had our recent classes... What are you talking about? Um... There was a couple days that we were spending watching classes, training videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And the first day, there were agents going on there, and again, no shade to thirty them units, thirty units, seventeen units, and I'm like, you are making more money than I am by a, an ass amount, an ass amount, and are selling a third to a quarter of the houses that we are. Yeah, I like to see. I like to see the agents that are like five hundred fifty units. Average sale price of one hundred and some of them. Yeah, we got them in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, Cole Williams is they're doing three, four, five hundred units in Cleveland area, which is great. Even Columbus, I'm cool with. Like, because yeah, the point being is those are more relative, yeah, localish. But then, the, then they can make that same pitch. It's like you come on out here to L.A. and try to sell one house. That's what I said. I was like, because Ben was like, it's like true, but it might be a harder market to break into because there's a lot yeah. more agents in California. There's like forty thousand agents. Go to go to New York and try to get it. Try to go get a single fa- like a a condo listing. There's no MLS. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all who you know, which is awesome. It is it is awesome, but it's I, I could I could not get dropped in New York right now and go sell real estate. I think you could, but New York's very like specific. Like you. I think you got to know the area. You got to like eat, eat dirt for a while, eat shit for a while to figure out doing rentals, but they don't, get, under, they don't pay rental. You, I know. Well, it's still up in the air. They can, you just can't force them to pay is yeah. what it all, all it was. I was just saying you can't offer. I mean, there was that class action lawsuit against real estate saying like the list, the seller is forced to pay the buyer's agent 3%. No, you're not. No, it, our contract does not force you to, I will say that. Okay. We can sell without it, but good luck. Good luck. Same thing as going for sale by owner saying you're not going to pay a buyer's agent. Good luck. It may happen. You may strike gold, but. Because here's what I tell you. If I find the buyer for your house and I have it listed and it's one of my buyers I've been working with, I'm going to be like, you got to pay me a buyer percentage. I'm not doing it for 3%. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But um, but anyways, so yeah, he opened up his. Let's go back to what we're talking about. His is cool because I don't know how it's going to work. Oh, he did all he, so you know, so I listened to his little YouTube video. Did you notice all it is, is like an online brokerage? It's an online. He's like, we got this media, this video, but you can all stay in your houses with your laptops. You don't have to come here at all. It's a cloud-based brokerage, but they also have like a TV channel. It's almost like worth like their own TV show content. And I'm like, that's like with their own listings. That's pretty pretty clever. No, that's awesome. But I think the agents, like you're not going to get access to his videographers. You're not going to no. get all this stuff. He has like, we got this cool website with all his analytics. And all I can think of, you could have joined somebody that mean a company mean Ben now and started something and yeah. got all this with no investment in the technology and still did your style of branding with media and stuff like that. But he's like, yeah, we got this website with all the school analytics and stuff on there. We all know they don't give a shit about analytics. Yeah. And then all his agents want to join Ryan Serhant. They're not going to be Ryan Serhant. You're not going to meet him. You're not going to be Ryan Serhant. You're not going to be sitting in the conference room. I did not join Keller Williams because I was like, you know what? Gary Keller is going to sit down with me. Yeah. He's he. (laughs) Gary Keller is. He will if you're a top. His top 100. Sure. Sure. She's got to be top 100 out of 180. You just got to top 100 out of 180,000 agents across the country (laughs) with people like Ben Kenny, Lance Loken, Eric Forney. Who is Eric Forney even in top 100? I don't, I don't think, think so. Is. I think it's 70 million. Eric Forney is not in the top 100. And Eric, if you are, I apologize. Like, I definitely it's actually, your business. From but. my understanding, it's actually a little bigger. They just kept it 100. But nonetheless, um, I like what he did. But again, it's all for, you got to look at it. Like, 
you're not gonna have all these agents. He's getting applications from all over the world. He's like, this is only for New York. <laughs> he's oh, like, it is. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was worldwide. No, he uh, well, he has only his license in New York. No, he's got L.A. He's got an well, LA it's L.A. Brand. But what I'm saying is, he's gonna launch his in New York, L.A., and Miami. Yeah, he's got his Florida one too. Sirhan is not coming to, to Dayton, Dayton, Ohio, or Cincy. It is not. And we don't even have we don't even have Compass. Sirhan's not making it out here. He wouldn't even. There would be no market for it. Yeah. Like, okay. 99% of people here don't know who Ryan Serhan is. I would say a lot of people do because he's got, no. You know how many people have a cable subscription? Like less than like 10 million people have cable. Yeah, but if you put real estate in the title of any show on TV, it's people watched. Do, yeah, but you have to have cable. So the point being is yeah, his thing is cool, but I think a lot of people are like, they just want to be attached to him. Yeah. But where does that go for him? I'm not, I'm just asking this question out loud. Yeah. I'm like, what does he really offer besides his name in New York, where he already had 60 agents on his team, didn't he? He had a crazy amount of agents on his team. First of all, I would like to put a disclaimer in there. Like, yeah. Sirhan, I think you're really cool. I'm not dogging I like I'm, your I'm videos. just questioning it. I like, just, like, I'm just I, digging yeah, into it. Like, I don't, what else is there? But why? What, what do you think he was paying nest seekers? I mean, doing a um, billion dollars a year in real estate, a billion, Trent. That's 30 million. That's 30 million GCI. Right. It, no, they do small percentages over there, don't they? No, he was doing full 3%. You know that? I mean, uh, when you look at like million dollar listing in New you York, it was 3% that. commission. That's real. Um, okay. Let's just say it's 30. Say it's, is it 30 million or 300 million? 30. 300 would be 30%. Okay. So 3 million, 30 million. That's a lot of quan. That's a lot of coin. And his expenses <laughs> are probably 5 million maybe because he had, well, he had a full crew, media people, which I mean, he's not paying them six figures. So nonetheless, but, he's making... No, he, he, you he's think probably about, he probably just paid Nest Seeker like a flat amount. I guarantee they weren't getting. It was still a probably a million dollars, five hundred thousand dollars, probably. But that so is why would he not go start his own? Brokerage? That's not even two percent of what he made. But okay, so I, 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 I and he should because New York's different because everyone you have to be you get your broker's license in New York. Everyone's considered a broker. No one's really an agent there. They're all brokers. Isn't that the same in Florida? Like I could just go in Florida and open up like the Bolton Group. I don't think so. I think it is to check into that. I think that's I think that's a scary world. What? Florida? To start your brokerage if you've never been like a, a oh I got like my license today I started my brokerage. Bro, I'm trying to get my team running like a full business and that's stress my ass out with and that's corp set up, bookkeep. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the more stuff you try to make it legit, the more of a pain in the ass it is." Yeah. Like setting up an S corp. I told him I was like, "I'm just going to quit this." They're like, "Why?" I'm like, "This is more of a pain in the ass cuz now I can't track stuff. I got my payroll, but then I got liabilities. I'm like, is this all coming out the same? When's it coming out? Where's it going? I don't fucking know. I'm yeah. like, before it's like, shit, I'll pay him 5% more in taxes just to make my life easier. <laughs> it's like, it's, I'm like, before I just be like, this is my expenses. Here you go. Now it's the S corp. It's just paying a rump, but I'd be interested to see what he does or what people actually get out of it only because I know like the media room and then he's got the, uh, you got media, he has TV and he's got his like a uh, incubator idea thing. So what is he? That's my question. It's like, what is he? Is those he a broker? Incu those incubators are sick though. Cause he's probably, what got, do you, what's he doing? Is the incubator just for him or are they for, he says it's for agents, but like, I bet the incubator is like, uh, you remember our, our idea? Yeah. I bet you present that to him and he steals and it and gives you 5%. <laughs> typically they don't steal it. Like tip, like there's incubators in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and what you do is like, you go there they help you find startups. They typically will like negotiate like a, a percentage of ownership. Right. It's um, usually they take, but they okay. give you, they give you a lot. Like they get, they put you in they the room. Run with the, yeah. And they don't run it. From my understanding, like a lot of these incubators, like you come up with the idea, I guess maybe I think like a patent, you give them a patent, they get, yeah, no. So that uh, the incubator is like, think about like a hub of people with ideas and there's people there who have money and knowledge that can help you get your ideas going. That's what an incubator is. Okay, fair enough. So I bet he's a, a real estate incubator. incubator. There's so much tech in the real estate world right now. It's just too much. It's too much. All these offers, Zillow offers, offer pads, hot pads. It's just like all this stuff. Great and transition into Zillow. It is. What are you talking about? Zillow offers or Zillow buying houses and selling them? As their own agents. Bro. Yeah, because they opened a brokerage in, of course, Arizona. That's where everything starts. Everything starts. Silicon Valley's dead. So I told, I told, that's well, not true. I was like, Zillow could easily become the largest broker, right brokerage. Now. 
probably right now. I was just scrolling through like the zip codes. They're sold out everywhere. What? Zillow. Like, All they're sold for, like, out agents every, yeah. stuff. I know. So many people, so many <laughs> agents rely their business on Zillow. It's scary. Oh my God. Okay. I got to tell you this. Great, great talking point. So there's an agent that left one of our, I knew her because she's in like one of the bull classes with me. She recently left Keller Williams different office and she went to the one brokers where they encourage you to buy a bunch of Zillow yep. leads. Got it. So we were looking her up on broker metrics. We're just looking at broker metrics where you can pull all these agent data. It shows you list and sales side. So list side and buy side. I'll just say it that way easy. Yep. And I told her TL, I was like, her team leader was like, where do you think she transitioned? There's there's one month of like no deals. It was green for listing, yellow for buyers, and she's like 50-50. And then all of a sudden, yellow, 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 all buyers. Yeah. Now, buyers are good, but buyers take the most amount of time yep. and the most effort to get the money out of. So she made this transition who this broker she went to strongly encouraged buying leads from Zillow, which is cool. I mean, I did totally it for a while. It, yeah. But that's all they really care about. So she all she's doing is buyers now. I know she has a family with kids and everything else. So it's like, what do you think she's spending her time on the evenings and weekends? Showing houses. Showing houses. Where before, she was doing more production and had more listings. She, she was sold. doing more production before? Yeah, probably more. I mean, it was getting... I mean, you did the transition switch that slows, but she might be catching up. But the main point being is, um, you know what they talk about? Life worth having. Uh, yeah. Does she, I'd rather do 10 million in listings than 10 million in buyers because buyers, you're, if you do 10 million in buyers, you're looking at a divorce. I would <laughs> rather do 5 million in listings than 10 million in buyers. I mean, that's just, I know it's double. Yeah. Dude, it it sounds million. hard to, it's, it, when you just say it, it's like, no way. But then you're like, 10 million invested. in buyers. I mean, how many offers you write per buyer now to get in a contract? Three to five? Three to five, yeah. Three to five. So, it, I, mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, a lot of fucking offers. And the roller coaster that you're dealing with is like, is insane because and then it's scheduling like you can only really show maybe one or two buyers at an evening because if they're looking at two or three houses you're booked out for two or three hours yeah and then it's okay going on nine o'clock who's wow. going to show their house so it's like how you leverage your time yeah it's a buyers are buyers are tough i think that i think a good buyer's agent could manage five million and still keep a life potentially potentially depends on the price point but yeah but it depends on the price point but i think I think that's where but once you get there, you're like, all right, I'm not doing any more buyers because yeah. I need more leverage and more time. Connor said, he goes, I don't know. How, how do you deal with nine, 10 listings when I've, I'm struggling with two buyers? I said, that's the difference. That's the key factor. That's the key. I can, I can run uh, 10 listings takes a lot of my time, but I can run 10 versus but, your two. Yeah. Like you just, if you, you can systematize listings way almost to a, a, a key, like, Call a seller this day. Reach out to them this day. Yes. Um, stay in touch. The only time it goes out of whack is when you get offers and you have to like sit there and go through them. Yeah. Other than that, you can systematize. Here's a follow up. Here's what's going on. Blah blah bam blah bam. Under contract, great. Well, you just wait to the appraisal stuff. I'll make sure the dates are done. Bam bam, we're done. Yep. Buyers show house, show house, write offer, write offer, show house, write offer. Get accepted. Line up the inspector. Make sure the lender has the documents. Make sure the title company has the documents. Uh, Go to the inspection. Make sure the appraisal gets done. Make sure there's no issue with the appraisals. If it comes back with some FHA, get those conditions oh. done. Make sure everything's closed on time. Make sure the buyer gets all the documents to the lender, and the lender has to get it done, clear and closed, seventy-two hours before closing day. If not, then you gotta get an extension signed, and then you gotta get it done and signed. Bam. And, and the buyer's agent's always the one who has to make the bad phone call because my client got delayed. I apologize. Can we get an extension? Yes. I mean, they take the blunt, the brunt of it. it. It's easy for me to call my seller and say, "Hey, listen, they were unable to get the stuff in." I know it's I know it's a headache, but we can't really do much. Again, a lot of agents don't make that phone call. A lot of agents say, "I can't believe you didn't get your stuff." And what do you mean you didn't get your stuff? And we're right. canceling this. No, no just not. get it in. Just, just get it done. And that's so that I just found that interesting. I'm like, I mean, I get what they're saying because buying leads is easy. Yep. There's no effort. There's no awkward. Like one of the hardest parts. Like even now, like I was supposed to make some Fizbo calls today, and I just had a bunch of other stuff, so I didn't get to it yet. But I'm like, I was like, oh, God, I got to call Fizzbuzz. I'm like, you got to get in that mind. Like, once you start making the calls, the ball starts rolling real easy. But change your mindset. Imagine you, you get to call Fizzbuzz today. Right. I get a call and I get to make money, basically, is what yeah. I look at it. But imagine you go from a, a brokerage where they kind of tell you, you get listings and buyers. They went about 50 50 because that's what the best agents are doing. Yep. To brokerages like buy all your leads and never make a phone call. And say that dries up. Say Zillow's like, no, yep. these are all going to be ours and you have to be a Zillow agent where we're going to give you. 
a $40,000 base with a 5% commission bonus or 5% off of the commission or something like that, right? Because, you know, I think if Zillow does agents, I don't think they're going to do a full-on brokerage normal model. What do you think they're going to do? Like a Redfin style. Really? Yes. So do you think Redfin got it wrong because they were they started from the jump as an agent and Zillow is doing it right because they're getting... I don't think any of them is going to function right because they don't have... They're not local small enough. Like you'd have to have like a Redfin broker. Like the thing yes. I don't like about EXP is, which a lot of agents don't, is there's no real broker. You it's have one person broker. for the state who like you never get a contact. Like how many times have we talk to our broker? I, I call know. him, I text him, I email him like constantly. Like there's always a conversation to be had with your broker because no matter, we say it all the time, no matter how long you've been in this business, you don't know everything. Yes. So it's like, these, I don't know how these people operate. And then what do you do if you get in trouble? Does a broker get sued? Do you get like, how does that work? I, the broker's the one that's liable. The brokerage is. So it's like, what happens then? You got these people just doing whatever they want, freelancing. Real estate's the wrong place to be freelancing when it comes to the legality. Yeah. Cause these, so I just don't think, I don't think they operate that great, but I think people would be like, if Zillow is smart, which they're not because they lost over 300 million on their Zillow buys. Like there's a house in Franklin, Ohio. They bought it. I, I looked it up. Did they really? They, it says Zillow owned and the listing agent's Comey Shepard. Okay. So they worked out this deal to where they get the, it's like a 40% referral they had to give back to Zillow, right? Okay. They bought it for 204. Then six days later, 16 days later, they turn around to sell for 228.9. Okay. Agent offers like, that's waiver price, even at 204, because we sold a house down the road for 190 or 189. So not only are they almost twenty grand over what they paid for it, now they're going about forty-eight grand over what it should appraise at. It's been on the market like forty days. How many houses does Zillow buy? They bought quite a bit. Probably not so much out here. This is the first one I've seen with like a Zillow sign, and then there's like a listing agent. I don't know this besides the forty percent referral fee, whatever. But at the same time, it's like one of the agents was like, "How do you, how do you stop this?" I'm like, "You do what you." They always tell us to do: stay in contact with your database and find the sellers before they're ready to sell. Yep. I mean, that deal, if I was an agent, like, well, Zillow's going to give us two or four and I wanted the listing, I'd be like, I would probably sell it to them because yeah. no one here is going to pay you two or four. And that's why Zillow lost 300 million because they don't understand the local. If they went off their Zillow estimate, they're an idiot because yeah. they even they know their Zillow estimate sucks. So what do you do? If it's off by 10%, that's $20,000. They lost turnaround. 300 million in their Zillow. Yeah. Offers. They're buying, they're buying houses and like turning them back around and selling them. 300 million but I they could become they could be right up there with potentially with keller williams just because it's an easy platform to jump on like why does anyone want to work for redfin for thirty thousand dollars my my question is one percent is the money to be made in the brokerage model or is the money to be made in like an mls model so there i said it forever zillow should turn into a nationwide mls yes like we have kwls it's basically nationwide but zillow get out of buying and selling ads, or I guess they could still do that, turn it into a nationwide MLS and get rid of the tiny MLSs in the area yep. and say 5,000 for a broker to join, nothing for the agents, um, 100,000 for like Keller Williams and that's it. Yeah. And then we'll host all the listings, which they kind of sort of do anyways. They get all the information data they want. You could still sell leads, right? Yep. And go from there. They could take out every MLS in here, like the smaller brokerage, they just pay per the agent count. Yeah. And then they could become nationwide brokerage, make money a consistent, consistent money. There is 800,000 indie brokerages and then a handful of like large franchises, right? There's a shit ton of small indie brokerages in the US, like mom and pop boutique shops. So say they all paid $1,000 a year and then say the bigger brokerages paid 10 grand or whatever it was at the agent count. You know how much money they could rake in annually? Yeah, 40, 50 million. And then still do the ads on the side? Yeah. Bro, they would make a ton of money. Yeah. There you got the platform. People go there. Just turn it to the largest. Don't worry so much about selling ads and shit because that stuff goes away. Do a subscription model, which every smart business does. You subscribe to it because it's consistent money. Well, yeah, they, it's a subscription model and using... And you could a, undercut the NMLS, NM, or the MLSs so much. Yeah. Get rid of all of them. The MLS is MLS is just a business that takes money from agents. Yeah, and so, you get fined if you don't do it properly for no other reason because they say that's our rules. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no reason to be in the MLS. Yeah, I mean to follow the rules, like whatever. 
besides be part of the brokerage. But anyways, that's a whole like tangent went on, but yeah. they could become the largest brokerage, but the better model, because every brokerage, there's not a lot of money in being a broker. You're only worth the amount of agents you have, the amount of transactions to do. Yes. That's why Rheology, their stocks, I mean, it's a little higher, but even EXP, like you're buying stock on something that has no value. Yeah. You have agents who pay a royalty fee, like 9%. That's your money, right? And then that's about it. Yeah. So it's like, where's the money at? Is the stock no, getting no inflated because they just keep giving it to agents? How does that work? What do you mean? Like they just give shares away to agents. Who does? EXP? EXP. Well, EXP works as, okay, so you get stock or yeah. whatever, but then they were selling stock. Agents could buy the stocks 20% of the value. Okay. So they're undervaluing their own stock. If the stock was worth 100 bucks, which is like $16 or 30 you could buy it for $80. That's okay. bad for the stock. <laughs> Like you don't sell it low. And the only reason they did that is they're trying to build up the stock and those guys are going to sell it. Yeah. So once it goes public, you get shareholders involved. It is like, public. Okay. But okay. Once the owners get rid of it out of their hands, okay. right? Once the actual guys, Jay, whoever started it, they're all they're trying to do is sell it. Okay. So once they get a high enough agent account, they sell it. And someone buys it over, you get bored in there and all these chair people are like, well, instead of $16,000 cap, we're going to make it 20 because we want more money because we yeah. got to get our money back. And we're not giving you guys free stock, and you're gonna pay a royalty fee of like ten percent for it. Yeah, I mean that's just how it's gonna go. That's why public. That's why I told someone here: if Kel Williams ever goes public, I'm gonna go to a boutique brokerage. Yeah, because nothing good comes of public. It's just greedy. Your costs go up. They don't provide you as much. You gotta start paying for crap. They have to answer to shareholders. They have yeah. to answer you to board. To yeah, grow. you can't stay stagnant like you see in every other stock. Like grow, grow, grow. CEO does a bunch of stuff to raise it, gets his bonus in two years, and he's out. So Rheology is no different. They got 20 franchises they own. Century 21. Berkshire Hathaway did the same thing. They bought Prudential One. All they did is bought a brokerage and put their name on it. They really? didn't do anything to it. They didn't improvise it. At least Keller Williams, they have technology. So if they would sell, they have actual IP. asset. Yeah. The difference is Keller Williams has asset. And you could argue EXP does too with some of their cloud-based cloud stuff, stuff yeah. which looks like version one of Sims if you've ever played that. It's so weird. <laughs> but... Keller Williams has real asset te- a- a- assets and technology and stuff. Just an example. I'm not trying to sell them, but yeah. it's just an asset they could actually sell. So the value would be, okay, they got large agents is how much money they're making, but the additional value is the technology that they could lease out to other people, like smart, smarter agent that Berkshire Hathaway LSP were paying us for anyways for the MLS access, the feed for the apps, and then yeah. you got the actual technology command, and then you got the agent stuff. So they'd be multi-billion dollar. Well, they're already over a billion, but yeah. A lot more than the other any if they went public they would smash you think yes rheology stock would drop exp stock would get out here because what we offer or what they have the agent count the money coming in but now how the office works like the profit share that shit, that shit would go out the window that would go out the window so quick if i was a shareholder I'd be like why are we giving them shareholders 48 percent of the yeah. profit of each office what, what the fuck what we could you? double our we could double the value in a year that ceo makes bank because he hit his crush yeah. his goal and then he's out and then the agents all leave after that. Yeah. So that's why I like how everything's I mean, the idea on. of giving away 50% of your profit, 48%, 48% is ludicrous. If someone, if you, if someone <laughs> came with you a business model, like we want you to start this business, but the cool thing is you could give away 48% of your profit back to your employees. Oh, and by the way, you're going to be in a whole hundred thousand dollars to start off with. And then once you're profitable, once you actually started seeing the green, then you got to take 48% and give it back. I mean, the someone told me that I'd be like, you're smoking a the investment of an OP. That is what it is. Hey, give a hundred thousand dollars to start this. Um, probably more, but it's probably more start. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. By the way, you have no agents yet. Get them. Go get agents. Um, after you have those agents, give them 50%, 48% of the profit. And then like, eventually you'll start making money. Yeah. What? But it works. It works. It, there's people who are investors in like, they own RRPs in like multiple market centers. So Why there's a reason for yeah. it. I mean, it works. It's just, it does the business model. But if you get the market center rolling, the profit, I mean, go to any indie brokerage and say, Hey, here, um, give your agents back 48% of what you made last year. Yeah, that brokerage we came from, imagine those guys being like, hey, you guys made us profitable, made us the money, so we want to contribute by giving you guys part of that back. Yep. I'd be like, that's cool. They'd be like... No shot. Not a shot now. Yeah. No. But you got to think like broker, man. 
you're only worth the agent you got. That's why you got to be in a, that's why you got to be in an agent, agent sent, sent, thank you, Trent. Agent centric brokerage, right? You, uh, your clients are your, your consumers, your brokerage, you are their clients. If they are not helping you, you're at the wrong, you have the wrong brokerage. I was talking to the agent today because, or over the week or two, last two weeks, he's going to make the move. I know he is. We're going to do one final talk, but basically his broker promised all his things and he's going to help him grow and expand the broker and all this stuff. He's got like 5% stake in it. I was like, okay, cool. How many agents? He's like four. I'm like, so your 5% stake is worth as much money as I have in my wallet. Because yeah. that brokerage is, brokerage is a liability. It's not an asset. Uh-huh. 99% of brokerages are just, they lose money. Like if you say, hey, I want to buy your brokerage. Okay, let's work out a deal. Yeah. How much revenue does it bring in? Probably not that much if you're paying yeah. yourself profit. What are your expenses? Quite a bit. Brick mortar. You got to pay full-time people. You only have four agents. Yeah. I told him, I was like, I'm sure he's a nice guy and he sounds like he is. The conversation set up is almost similar. But what does that give you? So you're going to have to build it up for him, then buy it from him at an increased value because you're his number one agent. What do you get out of it besides building up his brokerage that you then have to buy it out from him at an increased cost because you build it up and you're expanding his brokerage, which is an unknown name thing that how are you going to get agents to switch over? What are you providing those agents? Besides, even if you give them leads, what else are you giving them? Your office is an hour away from them. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. So you just got to look at that conversation and see what they offer. But most brokerages aren't worth buying. Someone says, here, buy my bro-. It's like agents like, here, buy my book of business for $100,000. <laughs> what? Yeah. what business? What business? Like most, uh, most agents don't run it as a business. No, they don't track it and figure out like, what's it actually worth? Yeah. That's the same thing with agents. Agents book of business aren't worth shit unless you can actually quantify how many referrals you're getting. Yeah. And then you got to do that book, like the golden handoff and set up the system to where Every single one of your client, every person in your database knows, hey, Ben's taking over my business. This is how we're going to do it. I I keep maintaining contact first three months and Ben starts jumping in six months in. We both are doing it. And then all of a sudden it's all Ben. Yep. At the end of the year, it's all Ben. Then it goes 30 or goes like a 40, 30, 20, 10, 10 referral. And then I'm out. Because after a point, your referrals don't mean anything because Ben, Ben's the one making all the contact. Yeah. You're not doing anything. So I think people, just like some people overvalue like, yeah, this car or this house is worth $400,000 and it's like not at all. No. I think a lot of people are like that with their thought of like their business or their people. You get phone calls, yeah, because you just get phone calls. How many of those phone calls did you reach out to to get the business? That's where your money's yeah. at. You Right now, I am unfortunately like the biggest asset and I don't go with the sale. Right. Because all my business comes from cold calling. And that's the difference in, between real estate that's why all these brokerages who are on the public market, anyone who buys real estate company stock, I think stupid. Yeah. Because there's a downturn, right? You're not producing the house. You're not, you're not taking a house, building it, and then selling it with your agents. That's different. Yeah. Right? There's builders who have are the public. Agents, the agent selling property is the real asset. That's the only asset. So we have the highest. You make the most money per dollar in real estate. It's like Average agent, you should be making 40 cents or more a dollar in real estate because you have, you don't have to pay for production and you don't have to pay for anything. You're taking someone else's asset and selling it, making money on it. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not making a bunch of tennis shoes and then finding people to buy them or trying to find people who want specific tennis shoes, then going out, resourcing the materials, the production, the shipping, all that stuff. I am literally taking something that's stationary that someone wants to sell, selling it for them to somebody else. I'm a middleman, yeah. like a logistics guy, basically putting two, two together, sell it. There's value there, but you have nothing in your hand. There's no asset Correct. there. That's like, I kind of don't get Bitcoin and stuff like that because there is no asset, but it's like the same thing in a way. Like you're buying something that's not, I can't feel it's not tangible. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just weird. If you think about real estate like that, that's why I don't understand when they go public, why people even buy the stock. Hmm. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting. So that's why Rheology stock dropped. There's no real asset value to there. You got 20 brokerages that you're still not making enough money on. Like, where's the value? Everyone's trying to jump because it started with the tech thing. Everyone's, there's so much tech in real estate. Everybody is jumping to the tech. We are, they see how much and, commission yeah. and sales there, which is great. Yeah, there's room for improvement and technology can be placed in there, but they're missing the, the one thing, which is the agent and the person that makes all this happen. You can't yep. cut that person out and still make the profit money. I really don't think you can. 
Well, like everyone's worried about like offer pads or Zillow offers. I was listening to the guy yesterday. He said they equated for like 20 or 40,000 homes or something like that. Yeah. He's like, you got all these agents worried, stressing, and their mind space is taken up. Like, well, Zillow is now a brokerage. Who gives a shit? Yeah. The largest, their largest agent in our area does less than 1% of the deals. So who cares if Zillow comes in here? That's so crazy to think about when you like yes. really think about it. Like, he did three, four, five hundred deals, but there's like four thousand deals. Yeah, or whatever. sixty-five million. Yeah, is one percent. I yes. mean, that's that's absurd. So the point being is, which is a great point. Like all these agents, every time something new comes out, Zillow's going to take your business. Zillow, you see it all over on these like real estate groups. Like, oh, screw Zillow. Like, who focus, cares about them? Just focus, go do your yeah, stuff. Focus on your shit. Go do your shit. Not everyone's going to use Zillow because they like the agent. Just like they don't care about the brokerage. They just want to work with the person they like. So then the, the argument's always been like, well, the travel agency got taken over. Yeah, well, the travel agency is a vacation once a year. Like, right. We're talking about a home purchase. Yes. Once every 10. Five to seven years for yeah. a home purchase. And then it's different because it's more of an emotional thing. A vacation's one thing. I can go line, online and schedule it. But see, real estate, they got to MLS online, which everyone thought was going to happen. Take the business. It didn't. It just amplified yeah. how much you could do. So there's... You just got to use it correctly. And in real estate, I don't think you should like just ignore them and no. pay attention to what they do and then be like, okay, I can do that better or that I think is a dumb idea. So I'm not going to use that, but you can still take it. Like Zillow offers. There's nothing stopping any other agent from going there and be like, I'll be wanting to buy your house. What yeah. do you want to sell it for? You just give them an option <laughs> and you educate them saying like, yeah, they're going to give you 200 and then they're going to come in and say inspection repairs are going to cost 10 grand. Oh, and here's 20,000 in closing costs to get this done. You're out 30 K. <laughs> yeah. And we could have equaled that, made the process easier, or got you a little bit more money because they're closing costs in there or where they're doing their their inspections. They're assuming replacing everything. Yeah. Like they have someone go in there's like, oh, all this needs done. There's no negotiation. It's like take it or leave it. So it's just interesting. This is a weird world, man. You gotta have your own mind space. Yeah. If you focus on everything else, like you just said, it takes up too much of your space and too much of your time. And then you worry. It's like focus, stay in your lane. Like put those blinders on, focus on your business, right? Your business is not going to feel a direct impact from Zillow. Right. Right. So just like the presidential election isn't going to change your business or your personal wealth, neither is Zillow deciding to start selling, buying houses, which we all knew was coming anyway. So what's the big deal? If Zillow accounts for 1%, of your 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 locality's sales, right? There's still 99% available, right? So just get part of the 99%. Yeah, and guess what? If you do one percent of that, you're doing good. You're doing great. And I, then go expand and go get another one percent in another market. And it just reminds me, of like all these tech people coming in, they're all venture. They almost all come in as a losing business. They're yeah. only funny because people are chugging money in. So when the economy does start going down, which it whenever it will they don't have anything to operate on because all these no people money. throwing money at them because they can are going to be like, wait, I got to look at my expenses. Hey, this business hasn't made money like Tesla or Twitter in like 10 years. Why am I still giving them money? Because it yeah. keeps being quote unquote evaluated. You want to talk about bubble like dot com? I think the whole venture Tech bubble uh, Silicon bubble is going to explode like no other. And I don't care because it doesn't, it won't affect me. I got no money in it. Yeah. The I only people are going to survive. <laughs> Facebook will survive because they actually have a marketing and they make they're, a they're, ton they're of actually money. profitable, hugely profitable. So those Amazon companies will make will money because they made money. Yeah. So those the guys find all these little startups that are buying large asset homes and then trying to turn around and sell them. Have you heard of the company? It works now, but there, it won't work. There's later. a company now that just buys um, bankrupt, like uh, shopping stores. So like, um. Like if Macy's goes out of business. Yeah, I think you said something last week about yeah, that. Yeah, so all they do is they just buy like Macy's and they like don't buy the inventory. All they do is just buy Macy's and then they go create like an e-commerce site under the name Macy's. Right. And all they do is just sell clothes, but you still think you're at Macy's, but you're not. I it's mean, just it's just a change a in the model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just changing the model. I mean, it's awesome. I, I love it because it's not a bad thing. Like people worry about losing jobs like, Innovation is huge. Job, if you man. stop, if you stop innovating, you, you, you're screwed. You're dying. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta. It's like a shark, man. If you stand still, shark doesn't move in the water. It's dead. Yeah, it has to move to keep breathing. It was like real estate. Every business out there is like, yeah, adjust and move a little bit. At the times if you don't, then you're dead. Adapt or die. I think yeah. that. Uh, I think the the 
same conversation that we hear all the time here at Keller Williams is it's not tech is not going to get rid of the agents. It's the agents that don't adopt tech. Right. We'll get rid of themselves. Cause look at what, dude, there's no way I'd be able to do as many deals as I did. If I had to go through an MLS book, like they did back in the day, we were just talking to Tony about that. Yeah, I mean, you just, you want to be able to, you could not do the production that you had right now. And no, neither could I, right. if I had to go hand sign every contract, if but I had here's, to, so here, let me be devil's advocate on that. So not that many people would want to do that, right? Go through the book, go show the house. Okay. So technology makes it easier for people to do it. So you get a lot of shittier agents and you get a lot of cutthroat people who are like, Oh, I'm going to do it for half the amount because we, I don't treat it like a real business and I devalue. <laughs> I, I, here's what I wish. I wish NAR and our MLS and stuff would increase the fees by tenfold. Right. Oh, increase yeah, them, increase them by tenfold and be like, hey, we're not allowing just anyone to be an agent. Or let's say we're not going to just allow anyone. We want people who are actually going to treat it like a business. So instead of paying 150, 400 bucks a year, you're paying four grand a year being an MLS. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, all that do is someone else start their own MLS and you'd get one for cheap. But, anyways, let's just say, like, hey, to be in here, you got to pay four grand a year. People yeah. be like, oh, shit. It's <laughs> like, I'm not just going to have my license to do two or three deals. I don't know what I'm it doing for friends and family. Money. I'm going to lose money, so yep. I'm not going to do it. So MLS would have less users, but make more money with a more stable environment. Yep. There, there's there's association with paying more money for a better product or paying less and get shittier. So if NER wants to keep people around, the real estate going, which it always will, why not be a little more exclusive and just make it tougher financially. So when people get into it, it's a real decision. It's like going yeah. to college. You just don't decide to go to college and take on a hundred grand of debt. There should be some thought process behind it. Like, what am I going to get for this hundred grand? Yeah. I think it should be the same thing with the real estate. If you want to limit, you know, the devaluation of our business and what a lot of agents don't do, yeah. then make it, make it legit. I don't think that I, I, I would agree on the, the finances. And I, I just think, thought of this. So. Uh, yeah. I, I, I actually think that's a great idea. I also, I've heard a lot of people saying like you should, it should be a college degree. And I don't agree with that because I think some of the best agents, right. Okay. Are the agents who don't have college degrees. They think differently. They, um, I mean, I look at, yeah, like they, uh, what's his name out. I just want eight. My whole point is, okay. If, if they change it to four thousand dollars, be in a date and board, and all four thousand agents stay great. Great. Those, those agents are going to do try and do a better job at the business because they've got more invested. They got more invested. That's yeah. all I'm getting at. It's not like, oh hey, if if you don't have money, I don't want to say like people who can't afford it can't get in because that's not yeah. fair. No, it's not. That, that would have been me four years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you said I got to pay four hundred bucks a month to be an agent on top of everything else, I've been like. So that's got, probably the that's probably the thing they run into is you know this, they're trying to do quantity over quality. The board just cares about numbers. Get our four hundred bucks a month, a year, plus whatever crap they make you do, and then we're good. Yeah, that's all they care about, which degrades our business. Which degrades our business. The whole um, who brought you th- through the threshold of the house is the person who gets the commission, not the person who did the work. The work or the person you want to use. Or yeah. Which people don't know if if you walk through the house with someone else or you meet someone at an open house and you don't have an agent with you, you're not represented, and then you go back home and then you call your friend up like, hey, we really like this house. We want to write an offer. That agent can be like, nope, they're at my open house. They have an agent with them. Yep. I'm getting a commission. And the, and the Dayton board will agree with them. Yep. Which is ridiculous because they're like, oh, you're supposed to serve your clients. What's best for the clients? Oh, no, 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 no. It's whoever brought them through the first house, the house first. Yeah. We I'm don't care gonna, who they want. I'm just going to go start sitting outside of brand new listings and just saying, hey, you want to come see this house as they drive by and I'll walk them through. And then when they go under contract with Mary Jake, sorry. Uh, ben Kenny would sit out at open houses and grab people as they walk in and show them. Ben Kenny is. It's all about where you start from. Man, he is a tough SOB. Yeah, we. Re- I, I, you know, I, he's I think doing his he's, expansion team. I was like. Maybe I should get in on that. He's so, <laughs> I mean, he's so impressive with what he does. It's like, yeah. I, if it's just an OBS. It's just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. You make the phone call. Hey, John, this is, this is Ben Kenny. Uh, I got the paperwork. You want to sign? Yeah. Yeah. Stop ruining the sale. Like, if you ever go to that class, like we went to at Family Union. His he's presentation. Like, he's like, besides price, do you have any other questions? He's like, stop talking yourself out of the sale. Yeah. Just ask him, besides the price, do you have any other questions? Yeah. Most of the time they say no. You're like, all right, let's sign the paperwork. We discuss prices. We go through. <laughs> you just got a listing. You don't want to see my house. I've been in a hundred of these floor plans. Yes. I mean, in out, out here in Dayton, I have literally been in a hundred of the same floor plans. We could throw a dart in the wall 
and almost guarantee what type of house. Kettering, it's almost a 3-1, maybe a 2. That's a 1,000 square foot to 1,200 square feet. Half of them have basement. Half of them are slabs yep. with a one-car garage. And they're going for 140 now if they're in decent shape. Good yep. shape and updated. If they're not, 130. <laughs> so, <laughs> but even even like the quality of the house doesn't like – like I, I, I go through the house with, with sellers because I can build rapport with them. Yeah. But – I'm talking myself out of the sale at that point, right? Like what if I, most of my conversations are just about them. Like, have you ever heard the, have you ever heard the, like I go into a house and there's green carpet. I'm like, I hate the green carpet. And they're like, really? We loved it. We thought I we were going to turn this into a football room. And it's like, just I find myself up, put my phone in my mouth. Sometimes like, I'll just like, I get caught up in just having a conversation and I'll say something. I'm like, Fuck. you can just tell by the yeah. reaction. Like, it's not bad. They're just, you're just like, yeah. Trent, just keep your mouth shut, man. Like just to, for me, if, just say yes to everything. That's awesome. <laughs> just like like if I, if I walked through, if I walked through a house with a real estate agent and there was planes flying over, they'd be like, Oh, I guess that's kind of annoying. But like, I love that. Like yeah. I love, the, I like watching the planes. Like back, planes is peaceful tea. to me. And, yeah. But it's like, should I not love that? Is that going to be bad? Right. I don't, that's why keep personal side. You talk about the house. What but anyways, yeah, we can pretty much know any area and just don't talk yourself out of the sale. Don't talk yourself out of the sale. I want to get back to door knocking and a good open houses, man. I actually like on nice days, like it's getting cold and crappy now, but I loved I a nice spring door day. door knock right now. Go door knock. I got 20 bucks. I got door knock. I'm going door knock every Trump and Pence sign house. Okay. Care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bro, stand back. Be like, hey, I'm just going to set this down if you guys have any questions. I guarantee I could door knock right now. You think? Yeah. Maybe I'll just go do it. I mean, I got a hundred other things that are better <laughs> use of my time right now, yeah. but improving me wrong, but I'll just do a whole YouTube video on proving me wrong about how door knock is still viable. NAR said open houses are dead. I'm like, you're NAR is dumb because they pull off of like the big cities. Like yeah, yeah. New York city. Yeah. You pressure on door knock, not going to open houses in New York city, California. Right now. No, because you will get fined and whatever. You can't do anything like that. Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Florida's not, I still do open houses because people still come. If they don't like it, they'll schedule a personal tour. Yeah. Or a virtual tour. That's true. But I'm not gonna sit here and, and say someone can't come see a house. It's like the opposite. Like they're always all about discrimination. Like, what about the people who don't give a shit? Yeah. What about the people who aren't scared? I walked into Chipotle today, I was the only one without a mask. Not one person said anything. It wasn't being a dick. I just forgot my mask. I'm like, whatever. Mask. No one said anything. You know why? Nine out of ten of those people in that building didn't give a shit. They wish yeah. they were me. Ooh. That sounded cocky. That did sound cocky. But it's kind of funny being the only one doing it. And then once you start doing it, it's like a cold shower. You're like, not that bad. Yeah. No one ever says anything. I'm not being obnoxious about it. I just don't want to wear a mask because I have a 0.04% chance of dying. If I gave, here's a question though that I want to throw out to you. Yes. All right. This is, I've heard this hypothetical question from a comedy podcast. Go. So go. If you were given $100,000. Okay. Okay. So if you survive this, if I get if I, you were to get a disease that has a point zero four percent, is it point four? Is it four percent chance of dying or point zero four? From my understanding, so even if it's point four, I'll take the chance. Really? Yeah, a ninety nine point. That's better grades I've ever gotten in high school. True. I would take that in a heartbeat. What is that? Six in every thousand people? Not, probably not even. I don't know. I don't know. Just numbers. go to one hundred. It's not even a whole person dies out of a hundred. Yeah. Anyone would take those odds. I put it this way: Would you stick your hand in a hat? For 99.6% chance of winning the lottery. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everyone in their mom would stick their hand in it. So why are you looking at it as like, would you stick your hand in the hat for a 0.04% chance of dying? Again, it goes back to the very beginning, like how you phrase how the situation. Phrase it. Yeah. Okay. Here's a hat where you have a 0.04% chance of dying. Would you stick your hand in it? Like, I don't know. I don't want to die. Here's a hat that has a 99.96% chance of winning the lottery with a 0.04% chance of dying. Oh, fuck yeah, I'll do yeah. it. <laughs> One bush of light and I'll stick my hand in that pot. I'll yeah. stick it in for 75%, man, whatever. <laughs> I would not do 75, 25, one in, one in four. Here's the thing. I got $400,000 life insurance. So if I die, my wife wins. If I if I win the money at a 75% chance, we all win. I think I think your life insurance policy holder would be like, eh, I don't know. He stuck his hat in his they don't thing, even know the about hand in the hat pocket. thing. There was that's, that's everybody. We have two hundred thousand listeners. Hundred grand for a point zero four percent chance, even a point four percent chance. Yes, I am doing that. You're only really a pussy if you don't. I'm just gonna Shut say. up. <laughs> all right. Um, 
This was good. This is a fun one. It's I'm been excited a minute, to get though. back. I know, man. We'll, uh, we should have some more cool stuff to talk about here soon. We should. Mostly opportunities. Trenton. You want to tell our listeners? Peace out. See you. See you later, alligators. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Again, we got three podcasts coming up. This will be the third one. So I'm watching them all this week. Follow us at Real Pursuit Podcast. Is it Real Pursuit on Instagram? Yes. Yeah, Real Pursuit Podcast on Instagram. Shoot us an email. Um, Love to get some guests on here. So we're going to work on that. Get some new thoughts, new ideas out here. I'm sick of hearing us talk. Yeah, yeah. You guys have a good one. Peace.